All right, let's begin. I usually begin by singing my theme song, but I don't have it queued up, but I'll just a cappella. Yay. All right. Um, if I remember, it goes, bum, 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 the 1940s golden age of radio. Whoa-oh-oh. Turn back that dial and stay for a while. The times are a change in. The podcast new sound, taking it back. Do you hear that? You hear that? We're on a new track, a new track. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Second Golden Age of Radio. I, I am your host, Richard Templeman, and coming to you from... Uh, what is now the present day of life um, through Skype and computers and phones and internet. Um, it's Gretchen Lily. Welcome to the program. Hi, Richard. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. Of course. Well, thank you for thank you for joining me. The 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 pleasure is all mine. <laughs> Don't make me get in a in a compliment off with you. I'll never win. <laughs> that's true oh my gosh that's so true um you may remember Gretchen um and by you I mean people who live in Seattle you may remember her from such things as um a judge in unexpected productions theater sports she's a real mean one I'm very judgy mm -hmm. so judgy she does really well in a good way it's always like um constructive criticism i think you have for the people with my eye rolls yeah i'm always trying to criticize them constructively with my myriad of facial expressions yeah that's you in a nutshell um you and i performed together most recently in the improv version of survivor called tribe has spoken we did winging it together an improvised flight from destination to a different destination Yes, yes. So we're just like old pals now. Yeah, we are. And here we are with the second age of radio, an old time medium. We're, yeah, so we're old friends doing old time radio. So it's fitting. Yeah, yeah. Um. Now tell me what radio suggestion you gave to me. Okay, so I suggested we did Little Orphan Annie. Would you like to hear my rationale behind that yes please okay this is like my journey with little orphan annie so when i was in elementary school there was a local production of little uh or i should say annie the musical going on and so i was cast as now uh is it tessie or tessa she's the one that is known for her catchphrase oh my goodness oh my goodness <laughs> I think and, it's Tessa. Okay. And because of that, my dear grandmother, Virginia, would cut out of the daily newspaper the Little Orphan Annie comic strip oh. and save them in an envelope and give them to me. I think I would probably see her about once a week or so. So she would give me all of the daily Little Orphan Annie comic strips. Oh, yeah. And um, the only interaction I've had with the radio program of Little Orphan Annie is very, uh, I think, feature famously featured in A Christmas Story is mm -hmm. Little Ralphie loves to listen every weekday. He loves to listen to the Little Orphan Annie program. And so that theme song, um, I definitely recognize that from watching the movie of a Christmas story. Right. It's a classic. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess that decoder ring comes back later too. Right. In yes. The, it in does. the plot. <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> oh, it's so true. Yeah. Um, yeah, you're not, and this is no, um, diss on you, Gretchen. You're not the only guest to have mentioned Christmas story as kind of cementing the idea of old time radio in, a younger generation's mind. Yeah, yeah. Because honestly, the only other interaction of pop culture 
with old time radio is do you recall that great sitcom from the 1990s called news radio oh i love news radio and so there's one episode where their boss jimmy james Mm-hmm. Gives all of the employees like these really, really expensive gifts as like a bonus. And then one of the characters, um, I think is, the character name is Matthew, played by Andy Dick. Andy Dick. Um, he he hands him like all of these tapes of uh, like rebroadcasts of old time radio shows. And at first he's really happy because his character, Matthew, is kind of like a simple person. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, wait a second. Everybody else got like, I mean, they were getting like luxury cars or like vacations or something like that. And so he's really disappointed. And then at the end of the episode, the conclusion is uh, his boss, Jimmy James, clarifies, no, I'm giving you like the rights to this. I'm giving you the rights to this property, whatever like the radio show was. So anybody who wants to use this as an intellectual property going forward, they'll have to pay you for it. Oh, and then he's happy. That's a happy ending. Yeah, yeah. Well, good. Um, I don't know if I've told you this before, but my introduction to old time radio shows proper was. Back in the late 90s, downloading on Napster when that came out for a hot second. Yeah, yeah. I um was trying to get the song because I was a simple boy back then and only liked certain songs from the 70s, certain songs that were popular before my time. I'm like, I like David Cassidy, Partridge Family. I like this. Well, I wanted to download Cats in the Cradle and the Silver Spoon. Little Boy Blue mm-hmm. and the Man on the Moon. Mm-hmm. And I downloaded Vincent Price, Price of Fear, Cat's Cradle. Oh. And I just clicked play and I was like, what the H-E double hockey sticks is this? And I was enthralled. And I listened to them before bed every night. And then he, oh, K- Kirkland um, has... Um, a place where they do live old time radio shows once in a while. And so when I was in high school, Oh yes. Yes. At the Kirkland performing arts center. Yes. So I would go there with my high school friends and say, isn't this cool? And they're like, you're kind of a nerd. I'm like, oh, <laughs> I mean, Richard, bless your heart for not getting the song you wanted and still be like, huh, this Vincent Price guy sounds interesting. Mm-hmm. Let's give it a go. Let's give it a, Let's give it a try. Exactly. So that was my story and your story. I just thought I would look up a little internet research on Little Orphan Annie real quick. Great. Um, It was an American radio drama series, which I find that funny calling it a drama at all. Based on the popularity of the comic strip, which your grandmother painstakingly delivered to you on a weekly basis. Yeah. Little Orphan Annie. Yes. It debuted on Chicago's WGN in 1930, then moved to NBC Radio Network, Blue Network, on April 6, 1931. So this is earlier than a lot of the radio shows I listened to on the program. 1930s is like in the thick of it. It ran until... April 26, 1942. So we're talking depression to World War II-ish. Like, yeah. Interesting. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it's an interesting time period. Um, a lot of them mm-hmm. are 40s and 50s that I listen to. It's very rare that I get into the 30s. Yeah. 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 Um, the concept, Little Orphan Annie was based on Harold Gray's, oh, I can't read this word, Eponymous? Do you think eponymous? Eponymous? Mm, oh, eponymous. Yeah. yeah. What's it mean, teacher? Oh. Where is it? Eponymous. Um, it's blurry. It's, it's blurry. It's E P O N Y M O U S. Yeah, eponymous. Um, the eponymous and equally popular comic strip, Little Orphan Annie. Oh, this is all the same information. Richard, you beautiful fool. Okay, I'm a beautiful fool. (laughs) It was broadcast in the late afternoon, ran for 12 successful years, 
And in 31, when it did debut, the radio had yet to establish a coast-to-coast network. So two separate networks. Oh, so there's two different casts. There was a San Francisco cast. Oh, okay. You've talked about that on another episode, a show that you listened to in another episode of um, Second Golden Age of Radio had like dual casts. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I did. That must have been a common workaround. Exactly. So it's almost like double casting for a play, I guess. So they had the San Francisco Floyd Margaret Hughes. And then the one in Chicago had Shirley Bell as Annie. Okay. The theme song was sung by announcer Pierre Andre as Uncle Andy. Who's that little chatterbox? The one with the pretty auburn locks. Whom do you see? It's a little orphan. Orphan Annie. She and Sandy make a pair. They never seem to have a care. Cute little sheep. This little orphan Annie. All right, I think that's enough history on it. Do you have any questions for the internets? I don't have any questions about that. I have some thoughts that I had jotted down when we listened to our episode. Oh, yeah. Can you um, tell the listeners what episode we listened to? Yes, we listened. Or what episodes? Yeah, we listened to two episodes. I knew that they were shorter because I knew it was a show for kids. So we listened to an episode called Annie's Big Surprise Birthday Party. We also listened to an episode called To Work, the main reason why I chose those episodes is they were the first two that came up on YouTube. Yay! But I really have no context of what really happened before or after those episodes. Because mm-hmm. it was very serialized, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, my... So the episodes were only 15 minutes long. It was a show for kids. The theme song out of that 15 minutes takes up one whole minute. <laughs> And I was of two minds of that. I thought, wow, that's a lot of real estate to be eating up. But then I also thought, you know what? We live in this fast pace, get to the end, fast forward kind of world now. And so I was like, you know what? Maybe it was just nice to, you know, relax or give the kids a minute to like run over to the radio. Maybe if they forgot that it was 545 and they were, oh, wait, I hear the theme song. Let me get over there. Let me run in from the yard so there could be a good reason for that but I had also heard um, before that a good chunk of every episode was devoted to essentially selling a product yes (laughs) and that happened for sure I know a girl poor little girl sweet as a girl could be how she bears all her in both of the episodes um, I would say probably a third to a half of the 15 minutes was devoted to promoting this product that um, was tied into the episode. So it wasn't the Dakota ring that no, is wasn't. featured in A Christmas Story. The Dakota ring was real. This is a different kind of ring. Oh, it was a ring that is your birthstone. Birth it is 5.45 on Orphan Annie's birthday. And so far, Annie hasn't the slightest suspicion of the big surprise party we're going to have on her tonight. But first, attention everybody please, because tonight's the night when you're going to hear all about the big surprise that's coming for you. 
Yes, sir. The most beautiful and thrilling surprise Annie's ever had for her radio friends. Something absolutely new and different from anything you've ever heard over the radio before. So get your pencil and paper quick so you don't miss a single word of the big news I'll be telling you the very minute the adventure's over tonight. Uh, is advertised as having a simulated stone. Um, in addition to having that, it also had your birthday sentiment printed on it, which yes. I had never heard of a birthday month sentiment. Had you, Richard? No, I have not. Yeah, I don't know if that was invented for this or if that was just a common thing in that era. But um, the birthday month sentiment for October is hope. Yeah, hope. So file that away, folks. <laughs> and it was advertised as being expensive looking, different than anything offered on the radio. And how much would this expensive looking ring set you back dear child i don't know well listen up it cost 10 cents and one ovaltine aluminum seal more ovaltine and they gave very ex they gave this very explicit set of directions over and over again and also they didn't so we must have been listening to the chicago based broadcast because then did you pay attention to, they were like, just put those things in an envelope, write your name and address on a piece of paper, and just mail it to Little Orphan Annie, Chicago. <laughs> yes. And if you're in Canada, send it to Little Orphan Annie, Toronto. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it must have been the Chicago broadcast. But I thought, I was like, oh, what a simpler time. They didn't need, like... It was the equivalent of like today where if a kid writes a letter to Santa, if they just put Santa North Pole, the postal service is like, oh, this is sweet. Well, we'll take care of it. So, right. Um, yeah, that's all you needed was 10 cents and one Ovaltine aluminum seal. And kids, even if you already have a full thing of Ovaltine in your cupboard, just tell your mom to buy another one because you know you're going to need it. You know you're going to need that Ovaltine, that sweet, sweet. Ovaltine. Yeah. So I I thought that was hilarious. The um, explicit directions that took up a good third to half of the episode. Yeah. But again, you know, I can't really fault them because I used to work in education with elementary age children. I know you need to repeat the directions a few times. Over and over again. I don't know. Little this, little that. Yeah. Yeah. I thought, um, yeah, it. It related to the movie because I think the secret decoded message that Ralphie finds out is drink more Ovaltine. And I'm like, oh, of yes, course. Yes. They're all about this Ovaltine. <laughs> <laughs> Lay it on thick with that Ovaltine promotion. Yeah. Oh, they've got to because it's a thick chocolatey drink that your mothers will approve of if you just ask them several times. Yes. Yes. Um... So getting into the first episode, her big surprise birthday party. Gee golly. Um, Leaping lizards. I'd never had a surprise party before. And she also says chocolate grasshoppers and jumping mackerel. That's right. We only remember Leaping Lizards throughout the history of. I think Leaping Lizards is the only one that gets featured at least in the musical. Yeah. I really have no recollection of ever hearing chocolate grasshoppers. Leaping lizards. Or jumping mackerel. But you know what? Let's bring it back. Yeah, I love those. Please put it in the vernacular. Please, please. This episode jumps right in. It's a serialized thing. So, of course, you know, we don't know everything that's going on. But my head is spinning from the very beginning. Because I thought I knew little orphan Annie's life. And all of a sudden, she's on a farm. Right. She has a best friend named Joe. And then there's a farmhouse. It is the, uh, what family? It's Joe's family. It's Joe's parents. The, the Zylo family? Silo family? Yeah. Joe's parents. So Joe, Joe's parents, Mr. and Mrs. Silo, are in their farmhouse. And all of Annie's school friends are there. They sure sounded like a rowdy bunch to me. They were too rowdy. Maybe she didn't care growing up in the orphanage, having that hard knock life. Right. 
there was nothing to her. No, they, nothing. They start smack talking a boy that isn't there. And one of the kid goes, oh, that potato face. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Which I don't know what that means. I don't know what that means either. Does he have lots yeah, of dimples? Little, yeah, little, little divots in his face. <laughs> Is he always dirty? I don't know. Well, I hope you didn't invite that little potato face to the party. Yeah. And they're like, no, don't worry. We beat him up on the playground today. <laughs> yeah. He won't dare I... show his face. <laughs> a simpler time, Gretchen, a simpler time. <laughs> playground justice. Yeah. Joe's keeping Annie away from the farm so she won't catch on. And all Annie's school friends have arrived for the party already. And hear the noise they're making in the silo kitchen, running around Mr. and Mrs. Silo. And listen, there's Potato Face talking now. Today. It looks like a checker, boy. I declared it couldn't. Not so much noise. Not so much noise. <laughs> if Annie's anywhere, well, she can hear the lot of you, most likely. When's she coming, Mrs. Silo? Yes, Mrs. Silo, when will she be here? Are all the children here? Yes, ma'am. Everybody from school. The only one that wouldn't come was Mike Poole. He didn't come, eh? Oh, he's just a sore Joe Corncastle had to give him a good licking today. Thought he wouldn't give the secret away to Annie. It served him right. And then and then the kids go, the kids are like, well, or maybe it was Mr. and Mrs. Zylo. They're like, well, how did Joe get Annie to not come to the house right away? Classic, classic bait and switch. Tell her a beaver dam is being constructed. <laughs> yes. What is going on with little orphan Annie? Why is she not in a mansion? The next time, the next time I need to lie to someone, I'll be like, eh, "Come over here. There's a beaver dam. I want you to see." Yeah, right this way. Step right up. Also, though, they didn't say dam. They said a house. Yes, because dam is a swear. Those censors. <laughs> I would not let that fly on the on the east coast at least maybe the west coast broadcast they were a little more uh loosey-goosey i hope so i imagine the west coast was more liberal in that in that way in that damn way in that damn building way yeah and and then um they talk about sorry daddy Warbucks can't be here he's currently in czechoslovakia yeah so is this because we've written daddy Warbucks off the show or is he pregnant having a baby like what's going on <laughs> <laughs> he had other commitments um yeah daddy warbucks is not there so i because i was shocked that she wasn't with daddy warbucks that she was living right this life on the farm with joe and the rest of the xylo family yeah, very simple um, life with paris hilton and nicole ritchie like yes. very. <laughs> but then they kind of allude to that annie and joe have had all of these international adventures yeah are they spies now or just, they just let unaccompanied minors go all over the place. Mm -hmm. Oh, are you the adopted daughter of Daddy Warbucks? Right this way. Yeah. He's with me. Yeah, apparently they've seen him in Czechoslovakia and they've been all over the world. Annie and Joe together. Spoiled. Are they going to get married someday? That's what I want to know. Richard, they don't need that kind of pressure. Okay, they've already got enough rings flying around in their lives. Don't ask. <laughs> Actually, you know what? That's perfect. That is the next that's the next marketing tie-in. Yeah. The wedding of it. The engagement wedding band set for Annie and Joe. Yeah. To send in a nickel and a dime and an Ovaltine top. Yeah. You know we've been shipping Annie and Joe for all these years. It's time yeah. to see the fruition Maybe of that's their how relationship. It ended. I would like to think it ended that way. I guess I could ask um, the interwebs. I don't know how if I want to know. You keep talking and I'll see if I know the ending of this. Okay. Okay. Um, the second episode we listened to must have aired somewhat close to, yeah, the birth. Because it. After? Because it was still promoting the same ring. Yes. Yes. And the big birthday surprise party definitely seem to introduce the concept of these expensive looking birthday rings 
Right. And so the next episode we listened to was called To Work. It also heavily promoted that the kids could send in 10 cents in one Ovaltine aluminum seal to get their own ring with a simulated gemstone and their birthday month sentiment printed on it. Well, here it is, 5.45 again, the time when you hear Orphan Annie before drinking your Ovaltine every night, right away. Believe me, you're going to be thrilled when you see what a beauty it is and how big and shiny and expensive looking it is because it's a genuine gold-plated ring. Yes, sir. It's finished in genuine 24-karat gold plate with a special rose gold finish over that. And just imagine how bright and shiny it will be. And besides, it's an automatic fitting ring. So you can adjust it exactly right for nearly any finger you want to wear it on. But remember, that's only the beginning. Just wait till you see the keen-looking stone that's set in this ring. Boy, it's a sparkler. It's a handmade, simulated birthstone, specially imported from Europe. What's more, it's a big stone, three-eighths of an inch across, and it sets up high on a stylish, modernistic setting in your ring so nobody can miss seeing it shining and sparkling when you wear it. And best of all, it will be your own special birthstone. Yes, sir. And he sees that you get the right birthstone in your ring for the month you were born in. For example, if your birthday comes in October, like Annie's does, you'll get a beautiful simulated rose zircon in your ring. Or if you were born in January, your stone would be a simulated red garnet. Or if your birthday comes in February, you'd get a simulated amethyst, a beautiful purple stone in your ring. And you should see the other birthstones for all the other different months. They're all beauties, too, and your ring will be different from everybody else's, unless their birthday comes the same month as yours. Besides all that, remember, this ring shows everybody the exact month you were born in and the special birthday sentiment for your month. Now, just think of that. For example, if your birthday comes in October like Annie's does, your ring will have October spelled right out in the middle, close to the stone where everybody can see it. And on the other side of the stone, it will say, Hope, because that's the special birthday sentiment for October. You say, can't you imagine how proud you'll be to own a wonderfully different ring like that? With your own birthstone and birth month and birthday sentiment right on it? Mm, nobody ever had a ring like it before. We've seen some rings with imported simulated stones like these selling for as much as 2 to $4 in the store. But you can't buy an orphan any birthday ring like this anywhere. They're not for sale because they were made up specially just for Annie's radio friends who are drinking Ovaltine every day. Then you can get one for only 10 cents in coins and just one Ovaltine aluminum seal. That's the biggest bargain you've ever seen. So don't lose any more time, but send for yours right away because here's all you have to do. Just print your name and address plainly on a piece of paper. Next, put down your birthday month, showing the exact month in which you were born. That's very important so Annie will know exactly what kind of birthstone to have put in your ring. Then, just mail that paper in together with all of the thin, round aluminum seal from underneath the lid of a can of Ovaltine and also 10 cents in coins. Mail it to Little Orphan Annie, Chicago, Illinois. Or if you live in Canada, mail it to Ovaltine, Peterborough, Ontario. That's all there's to it. So remember, you put three things in the envelope when you send in for your ring. First, you put in the paper with your name, address, and birthday month printed plainly. Second, you put in an Ovaltine aluminum seal. And third, you put in 10 cents in coins. And then just mail the whole thing in to Little Orphan Annie, Chicago, Illinois. And Annie will send you your beautiful gold-plated birthstone ring just as fast as she can. So get busy right now. And now, tonight's adventure starts right where we left off yesterday, in Mr. Caslin's newspaper office in Simmons Corner. You remember, Jake, the owner of the Emporium, was telling Mr. Caslin and Annie and Joe how he was so sick that he'd have to close the store every afternoon and take a nap. Oh, but listen to what Mr. Caslin had to say to that. Uh, yeah, the first... Three and a half minutes of this episode are devoted to this ring talk. Yeah. But the the it also kind of serves as a recap of the ring's context in the greater mm-hmm. Annie story of um it was because Daddy Warbucks had sent her a birthday ring. Right. Um, all the way from Czechoslovakia. Are they known for their rings in Czechoslovakia? I don't know. Well, I hear that they're known for their expensive-looking rings. Mm, mm, mm. Okay. Different than anything offered on the radio. Correct. Um, And I have to say, compared to Annie's big birthday surprise, the plot of To Work kind of fell flat for me. 
Yeah, I thought it was more boring. I can I can give it a a quick summary. So the episode, the birthday surprise was Mr. and Mrs. Zylo get together, all of Annie's school friends. They hide in the living room after Joe reveals the big truth that there is no beaver house. <laughs> he brings Annie back to the farmhouse. All of her school friends jump out and say, surprise. And, oh, Annie I says, I would never be able to open all of these gifts. You're so... You're so generous. And they say, oh, open this one from Daddy Warbucks. It came first. And so she opens it up and she has her own ring. And we know that Annie's birthday is in October. Right. Because they explicitly say that hers has the simulated gemstone for October. And it has the birthday sentiment, hope. Um, the to work episode. And, and then it pretty much just ends there. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> They're opening Daddy Warbucks's ring. It was one birthday party. The to work episode starts with they're down basically on Main Street. They're with um, a doctor and they're with a local business owner named Jake. And oh, yeah, Jake. Oh, and he's he needs somebody to work for him, basically. Yes, he's in very poor health. Mm hmm. He he was definitely beaten around the bush that it was going to be hard for him to leave and not have anyone do work. And he's like, if only there were two children here that could do the work for me. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Anyway, um, somehow Annie and Joe are now in charge of this poor man, Jake's health care. Yes. He he owns he owns a shop. He gets very tired. He has to take a nap every afternoon. He's worried about the lost revenue of while he's taking a nap. No one can be in the store. So all that revenue he's going to lose. Mm-hmm. Um, Jake seems to be getting worse and worse by the minute during this episode where it seems like he's about ready to like pass out. And Annie and Jake, or excuse me, Annie and Joe say they will... They will take care of it. They will work in his store. They don't even want any money. They're just happy to do it. Right. To help out a member of their community. Yeah, somehow he swindled them into free labor. Yes. And then more promoting of the ring. Yeah, which he probably sold in his shop. You don't know. Oh, that would be, would be good. To would have been a little bit better product placement in my opinion, but. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Richard, the question I have for you, though, is have you been doing a Jake impression all along? Because <gasps> Jake sounded like a classic Richard character. <laughs> really? Maybe, maybe subconsciously I was doing that. Whenever you do an old man. Hey, what's going on? I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> classic Jake. I think he must have come from he must have come from old time radio for sure. My old man. He, hey, what you doing there? What's going on? Yeah. Shoot. I've been had. I've been found out. Mm. Well, the greats, the greats just steal. So I think you're good. Well, thank you. Um, Yeah. Mimicry is the highest form of flattery. Yes. Continue. And that was that was it. The episode to work basically ended with the promise that every day after school, Annie and Joe would go to Jake's store, the mercantile, mm -hmm. and help him so he could go and take a nap. Yeah. So they're so Annie and Joe, a couple of nine year olds, are just uh, in charge of this small business every day. Um. I just opened a web page, but now I've closed it. I'm going to go back to it. When one web page closes, another one opens. <laughs> yes. Words of wisdom. Mm -hmm. It said, um, blah, blah, blah. I like it's telling about the comic book, this web page that I pulled up. And it's kind of interesting. When the comic strip premiered, Annie had recently escaped from the orphanage with her dog, Sandy, as her only companion. She was making her way through the world by sheer pluck and determination. 
when she crossed paths with Oliver, Daddy Warbucks, a self-made man who acquired his vast wealth in a in the munitions during the First World War. The Warbucks character was one of the most fascinating to appear, appear on the funny pages. Oh boy. He was a symbol of rugged capitalism. Yes. But oft times, yes, of course. I mean, Warbucks. He, like, has it in his name. I'm a capitalistic man. This is destiny. Of course. Yeah. He's like a superhero. Um, he was ruthless in his quest for money and influence. And the crash of the 1929 stock market had um, contained the rabble. He even had a pair of cold-blooded assassins. What? Oh, I kind of remember... Well, I don't remember the, them being assassins, but it's talking about Punjab and Asp. Oh, I do remember that from the movie. Yeah, so apparently, originally, they were assassins to deal with any potentially threatening opposition. I'm sure that's also cloaked in metaphor. Yeah, this is interesting. I didn't know that there was so much detail in Annie. Yeah. Ooh, interesting. Okay. Cartoonist Gray was so conservatively libertarian in his politics. Ah. Uh, ah, here we go. And his attitudes. <laughs> yeah. Um, he even killed off Warbucks. <gasps> Spoiler alert. Did all of his money fall on him and crush him? Yeah. How did he die? It didn't even say. Um, it just says that he killed off the Warbucks character at one point and only brought him back after the passing of President Franklin Delano Roosevelt. Whoa. So if Gray had lived to see the 1982 film adaption of the popular stage musical that's loosely based on the strip, the sight of FDR and Warbucks singing and dancing together surely would have killed him on the spot. <laughs> I'm dying. Wow. Wow. Well, I'm kind of glad that I, that I found this um, important research. Well, and then how funny that... Then um, in the radio show, they would really be pressing this consumerism yeah. on the children by all these rings. It's so interesting. Oh, my goodness. Well, what about... Uh-oh, I'm making too much noise. I just thought I deserved a Mr. Goodbar. Well, that talk about Daddy Warbucks made you want a Mr. Goodbar. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, the best people are the good people. Um, I'm from the Good Bar family. We summer at the Cape uh, yes. every year. Uh, oh, yes. It's been tragic in this light of a virus that people aren't allowed at the Cape. It's just too much. It's all a conspiracy. <laughs> um, so how would we modernize the little orphan Annie story? I mean, one element I thought of in terms of modern equivalent is product placement mm -hmm. or kind of the spawn con that we see with people in social media. Oh, yeah, that's true. I didn't even think about like a, a little orphan and a YouTube channel. You know what I mean? Mm hmm. Like, she might be a little iCarly of the new generation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. That's a good spin. Are you feeling like you want to play a little Orphan Annie, or what's your take on that? I, yeah, I mean, we could we could take over kind of the Annie and Joe. Yeah, I like that. Roles. Because they're um, <clears throat> compadres, they're friends. Mm -hmm. Okay, I like that. Okay. Um, I don't even know if we have to discuss it so much more. We can just start whenever you want, if you feel comfortable. Yeah, yeah. I think um, kind of the key to nailing this genre is 
um, a very, very simplistic plot with mm -hmm. frequent kind of sponsored content. Um, sure. Kind of working it in, quote unquote, naturally. Yeah. But not so naturally. naturally. Not very naturally. Right. You know, we're the point there. Yeah. The, the um, advertisement ends up taking at least as much time as the story itself. Exactly. Yep. That's the secret. So if it's they're YouTubers, what are the things that kids are YouTubing these days? Um, like making slime. Is that still going on? Probably. And, um, they're, oh, shoot. I feel like, um, YouTubers right now. Let me see. I'm going to look it up. Okay. YouTube. I also think that if we can have the sponsored product be a piece of jewelry. <laughs> It would be because this is like the idea of like a bunch of eight, nine year old kids all over the country just wearing a bunch of rings all the time. <laughs> right. I love it. I mean, was that like even a thing that people like kids of the 30s would have been doing anyway? And then the little orphan Annie writers were like, oh, we got to get on this hot ring trend for children. Or were they really the ones who started it? trying to get maybe they did maybe because of little orphan annie you and i had the experience and pleasure of participating in the ring pop craze of mm. the 80s 90s who knows a butterfly flaps its wings that's right and i feel like um, 50 years later some kids have some ring pops a ring pop can't yeah i can't imagine the ring pop being any more um, expensive looking than these rings. Mm -hmm. um, so it says they do, you know, dance moves, you know, it says they do challenges. It says they. Oh, I like the idea of a TikTok of a challenge. Yeah, I like YouTube challenges. Okay, so we can have some kind of ridiculous right. challenge. Mm -hmm. Okay. Are we going to come up with right. names now? We'll just name each other as we go. I think we can name each other. I feel confident. Okay. Do you want me to um, be the be the announcer, the introducer yeah. of the show? Yeah, go for it. Okay. All right. Hey, kids. Um, and adults who are watching this with their kids. It's time for the, it's time for the Anne and Joseph show. Um, Anne and Joseph are um, being supervised by parents. So if you're watching this on YouTube right now, you should also be supervised by your parents. Okay, hashtag YOLO. Well, Anne, um, it's good to see you. Um, I know we're trying to be remote right now because the climate of the world is crazy, right? Oh, Joseph, it is crazy, but not as crazy as that adventure we had when we were backpacking and hitchhiking through Yugoslavia. Remember that? Just a couple of seven-year-olds backpacking and hitchhiking all through Eastern Europe. Yeah, I remember that like it was yesterday, mainly because it was like two weeks ago and my memory from two weeks ago is as fresh as yesterday, but that's like besides the point. It was fun. Like, um, I know my parents were there, but we made sure that they distanced themselves in another vehicle. So we really felt like we were on our own, right, Anne? Yeah, Joseph, I mean, it's really helpful when your parents are able to film us from a moving vehicle so it looks like we are these two world traveler seven-year-olds, but... You know, it just really helps us get multiple angles. So when we're putting together videos for our channel, we just, you know, have a lot of options when we're putting together the final edit. And editing is really hard. So I'm really glad that we have those options. Yeah, I know. Here we are. How are we going to edit this video today? Oh my gosh. I'm so glad you mentioned that because... 
I have been vlogging us <laughs> secretly. What? Joseph, I can't believe you would play a prank like that, you turnip face. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Surprise, I got you good. Oh. What? Oh, you sure did. So I'm gonna start playing all the times that I secretly was filming us and I think you're gonna be shocked. All right. Um, are you ready? Golly grasshoppers, I guess I am. <laughs> oh, before we press play on the on the prank vids, I have to just say that um, we have some new merch. Yeah, you wasn't you wouldn't tell me what it is. You just said that it it's some like new kind of jewelry. And it's really technical. Yeah. Wait, Joseph, is that how you were recording me on this new merch? That's true and correct. Yes. Oh my goodness. Is that that lapel pin you've been wearing? Mm -hmm. Not only does it come in lapel pin, but it also comes in bracelet and ring. Wow. So, wait. But what if our subscribers also wanted to have their own little secret hidden camera that could be in a lapel pin or a bracelet or a ring? I mean, I don't really think it's fair to hold that back from our subscribers, Joseph. I'm so glad you mentioned that. I think you're right. And if you like and subscribe to our channel as well as just send in your address on Google, you just, you know, we have uh, Ann and Joseph at gmail.com. If you go ahead and send us that you like the show, send us a picture of yourself watching the channel, and also like send a picture of us sending a picture of you sending a picture of us so it's like multiple levels and also like some basic demographic information so any sponsors we have you know they just really want to know more about you so they just want to like how old you are and how much money your parents make yeah just simple questions like that it's also like it's also fair to know that we're going to be picking one lucky fan by random to get this product for free. Yeah. Other fans do have to pay the $10.99 plus shipping and handling $30. Yeah, I mean, it's really only fair. This is a very high yeah. quality product. Um, you know, Joseph, I have to say I was noticing your lapel pin and I thought, wow, is that real gold? Is it real gold, Joseph? And and the answer is no. It looks just like real gold. Wow, it sure is expensive looking. I know. Like, I actually went into that Las Vegas pawn shop that's on Pawn Stars, the TV show. Yes. And they were like, that's real gold, right? Like, we don't even have to question it. I'm like, no, it's not. Wow. Now, here's the thing, Joseph. What if our subscribers have a lapel pin and then they see one of their friends also has the same lapel pin? You know, some kids might think that's a bad thing, but it's actually a good thing. You and your friends can match. That's right. That's right. You and your friends can um, have the same lapel pin, but it comes in 20 different colors. So you won't be exactly the same. Wow. Or, you know, if you wanted to collect them all, you could get yeah. 20 lapel pins with the hidden camera. You could get 20 bracelets with the hidden camera. You could get 20 rings with the hidden camera. And the nice thing about it is they're uniquely different, but their function is exactly the same. Yeah. Yeah. And then, like, me and Joseph, we love make videos and now you can be Holler. just like us and make your own videos wherever you go wait joseph <laughs> oh my goodness now i'm being the turnip face i can't remember how should our subscribers 
let us know that they want their own hidden camera piece of jewelry. Should they send us up a semaphore signal? Yeah, totally. What they can do is they can tweet, they can send us Instagram posts, and they can also, they can like literally subscribe, follow us, share us on Facebook, and then we will see the number one poster and they get the free one. All the rest of the friends, all they have to do is sell us the money. Wow, that sounds really easy. And kids, if your parents say, hey, you know what? We already have enough cameras in our house. Just say, mom and dad, we could always use another camera in our house. Another camera, exactly. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> now we've talked so much about this really cool piece of technology that can be either a lapel pin or a bracelet or a ring. Um, Joseph, you silly little hedgehog, you. What were these secret videos you were making? What do you have? I'm so excited to show you. All right, whoosh. Look, you can see yourself right there walking into the room. And look, remember I put that banana peel there? Oh my goodness. Yeah, that's only the start. I started with banana peel because all of my um, fans DM'd me and they're like, prank Anne, prank her, prank Anne. Anne needs to be pranked. She's like really annoying to us right now, so prank her. No fans. What? No fans. They just said you were getting on your high horse and being hoity-toity. Joseph. I, it's not my fault. Joseph, I'm not an equestrian. I've never been on any kind of horse, high or low. I know. I know. That's what I told them. But they were like, but her dad is like old money. Look, even though my father is from very old money in the sense that he invested in Microsoft in 1988, I have lived a very well-balanced life. I mean, Joseph, we were just hitchhiking through Eastern Europe. Yeah. If that doesn't say humble, I don't know what does. I know. Like, they didn't even have proper toilet paper. No. No, we had to learn how to use bidets. I know. And I could use a bidet for days. <laughs> so, I've been through adversity. So, hey, all of Joseph's hardcore fans out there, you know, just like show me some thumbs up, okay? Like, I heart that, and I really heart that. Mm, okay. Well, now I understand why you had a bunch of banana peels on the floor. And then you kind of got that frustrated look on your face when I only slipped on the first one and then I refused to yeah. step on the others. Yeah, I thought you would just fall for it several times, but you're smarter than I thought, Anne. You played me. Yeah, you know, I was like jumping pony face. Not gonna yeah. fall for that again. Not gonna. That's why I upped the ante, folks. And look what I did in this next vid. All right. Okay, you see you walking into the room? Yeah. I replaced the floorboards with trampolines. That's why it was so bouncy. Look at you. Look at you in this tape. Oh, my goodness. All of my little ringlets are just going bounce, bounce, bounce. How embarrassing. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad we're showing everyone now because it's like super down to earth like if you can get your ringlets tied in a bunch like so can the common person yeah see this is what i'm saying i'm very down to earth mm -hmm. i i feel more comfortable actually when i am closer to the earth and so that's why that was such a great prank to have me jump on some trampolines yes yes i knew it don't you worry if you thought my pranking days of you were over just watch this next clip. <gasps> Boom. 
This is why you had all of those pies that were only made of whipped cream. It's all coming together now, Joseph. Oh my goodness. Yes. I kept hoping that there was going to be like some jello pudding underneath that whipped cream. But no. And then you said we were out of forks and that I had to just eat it with my face. Yeah, just put your face in it, Anne. You're a common person that can like do things like close to the earth and shoving your face in whipped cream is totally that. Oh my goodness. Okay, you got me good. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying, kids. Like harmless pranks to your like bestie are really in right now. And you know what I have to say? The video quality that you used from your hidden camera lapel pin was amazing. I mean, the resolution, we just watched that on a big screen TV and it didn't look pixelated at all. So, hey guys out there, go ahead and get yourself a lapel pin, a bracelet, or a ring, or get all three. We have many color options to choose from. Yeah, mm -hmm. 20 colors to be exact. Just make sure to like, subscribe, um, follow us, email us, tweet at us. Um, make sure that you send the the funds over through Zelle or Venmo, and then we'll totally send you this stuff. Wow. Oh, my goodness. What a crazy adventure we had today, Joseph. I can't believe it. All of these exciting things happen. I know. And, like, with the mandates to work from home right now, it's never been more important to push our content. So, so don't be a turn up yeah, face, fans. Yeah, don't be like me on a bad hair day. <laughs> Just send in for your own hidden camera jewelry today. Thanks for watching and subscribing. Make sure to click on that bell for notifications yeah yeah and let all your friends know that you love watching our channel we wouldn't be anywhere without you guys love you i know love you bye, bye. well that was fun that was fun. Really got to try to come up with ridiculous uh, insults and exclamations that had to do with animals and vegetables. Very good. I'm glad the brunt of that was on you because I couldn't have been as clever, you know? <laughs> but you're very well versed in everything that's going on with YouTube. Thank you. Um, is that a blessing or a curse? I don't know. I, I participate. Who knows? Who knows? You know, real talk, like having uh, having been quarantined for a week now, I've been doing a real deep dive into these uh, this YouTube channel that just puts together compilations of local news bloopers, and <laughs> it's hilarious. That sounds amazing. I just laugh and laugh, but you know, every time a local news anchor accidentally said a swear word. Yeah, I love that. It's like not a big deal in real life to swear, but when you're on TV, it's a big deal. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, thank you so much, Gretchen, for joining the program. Thank you for having me as a guest today, Richard. It was very fun. Of course, and it was fun, I agree. Um, is there, <laughs> this is silly to say right now in our climate, but is there anything of yours we need to plug? Anything of mine that I need to plug, um, I would say, you know, for the present, for those of you listening in real time, just as much as you're able, practice social distancing, mm -hmm. wash your hands, don't, um, don't hoard supplies that maybe others need. And for the future, I would say as soon as it's safe to do so, just get out there and support your local arts organization. That's right, because um, as well with a lot of people that are in working in the service industry, the artists of the world are also having trouble 
because they can't work and they're not allowed to gather. And yeah, it's it's bad. So support your local theater and arts community as soon as possible. Absolutely. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you, Richard. I enjoyed this immensely. Me too. Me too. Okay, I'm going to stop recording. It sounds good. Uh, thanks for tuning in. 